0: Madam C J Walker was the first black female self-made millionaire in America at the turn of the 20th century and she was a uh, a brilliant business strategist and entrepreneur so she was able to kind of tour the United States selling hair care products um to communities that couldn't afford uh other brands of hair care products and so she was in her tours. she was educating uh communities mostly of color um on how to be entrepreneurs she was kind of lifting up those communities she was donating tons of money to the NWSCP, the ymca she was involved in uh, politics and um Overall, she just kind of killed it. She was, she was a pretty awesome woman. And so we wanted to do this, uh, this project to showcase her life.
1: So you've created a program, Mind the Gap, with the public quartet, and you've assembled music that surrounded her life and work and, and, and other works as well.
2: This particular project, we um, were more inspired to take the music of that Madame Walker enjoyed um, that is tied into different parts of her life. And a lot of it she um, would have listened to. So that's rag everything from ragtime to Mozart to blues. Um, that's, that's really representing the journey that she took through her life, um, which started out in the deep South Um, As an orphan, um, she ended up in St. Louis, which is where she started her business um, and then actually took her journey, went even international, but other cities that she was sort of had hubs and were um, strong ties to were New York and, and Indianapolis.
1: Mind the Gap, Reflections on Beauty, I should mention, is the name of this presentation about the life and work of Madam C.J. Walker. What specifically did uh, Madam C.J. Walker work on during her life to help to improve people's lives?
2: Well, she one thing was that um, sort of medically, people weren't as educated when it came to hygiene and when it came to taking care of her hair, their hair. Um, and she came up with, with her product specifically because she was actually experiencing balding um, and discomfort in her scalp. And, um, and so part of coming up with this product was as a medical treatment. Um, so not only did she come up with that and then ed- went around and educated people on how to, to care for themselves, but as she went to different cities and it, it's sort of like an early like Mary Kay business model, she went to different cities, she'd go to the churches in those cities and community organizations in those cities. And not only would she sell the products, but she'd also give job opportunities to people there, um, mostly women, which at that time was really rare rare to have a job um, uh, selling those products to their community. And that's really became the business model for her success because she was able to not only sell her own products, but develop teams in cities all over the United States to sell her products for her.
1: She used the phrase, saving black men's bodies and white men's souls. What what did she mean by that?
0: A lot of the texts that we used came from uh, A'Lelia Bundles' book, On Her Own Ground. A'Lelia Bundles is the great, great granddaughter of Madam C.J. Walker, who we've had the privilege and honor of working with, actually. she In, in the performance uh, that we're gonna be screening, she is the narrator, she's performing um, Lines live along with us in 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 premiere, and so we we kind of use that book as the basis for all of our research. So one of the uh, the the line that you're referencing, saving black men's bodies and white men's souls, you know, you have to understand that this this time period was really bad. I mean, it's not it's it was really bad for uh, inequality. And so if, if from the perspective of Madam C.J. Walker, she sees these injustices on a daily basis, and she has a bit of a platform to actually speak out.
2: She took quickly took the initiative to create leadership roles for herself by helping those who were now as needy as she had been when she first arrived in St. Louis. Touched by a post-dispatch story about an elderly man struggling support his blind sister and invalid wife, Sarah collected money for the family from her friends. She felt it was her duty to do even more, so she arranged for a pound party, through which means groceries in abundance were given, also a purse of $7.50, no longer the recipient of charity. She had become, in her own small way, a benefactor.
0: She has money, which in that time, in a sense, protects her. She has lawyers. She was able to uh, educate herself, and so saving white men's souls is kind of like her her version of um, you know let's let's work on this racism problem that America has. And I think in a, in a large way, uh, this story is still relevant today, and that's why it speaks to so many people.
2: Said it really beautifully, Nick. Um, a lot of what we took is directly from the book. Um, and one of the things Madame Mocker was really very passionate about was at the, even at that point was um, anti-lynching laws and actually went to the White House and marched on the White House to, um, to bring awareness to that um, and, to, and to protest um, that injustice, which, you know, I think she personally witnessed um, this, you know, they don't know actually what happened to some of her family members um, and speculation was that they might've been lynched or killed in riots. So, um, you know, there was a lot of pain in her life um, and, you know, she experienced a lot of injustice and um, she really was an outspoken advocate um, f- through her, especially once she was so su- successful, um, she really used her platform for the greater good, which is also, you know, what makes her such an incredible person to, um, to bring light to. Um, and I'll add to that um, Alilia Bundles, who is her autobiographer and our narrator, Um, is also going to be joining us at the Wright Museum for um, our final presentation of this. uh, Next month on August 25th, uh, we'll be doing a post-concert discussion panel and live Q&A with audiences both at home and and an audience who will view the screening at the Wright Museum Um, and people will be able to um, call in, zoom in and ask her questions and ask us questions about the project as well.
1: Janina Norpath and Nick Ravel are violinist and violist with the Public Quartet, with a virtual performance July 29th, and then again in August, as you just mentioned. Janina and Nick, I'm fascinated and excited to hear and see what will be a, a, a wonderful presentation. I'm sure, as part of your Mind the Gap series, reflections on beauty. Thanks again for being with us. So Pleasure much for
2: having us.
1: For WRCJ, this is Peter Worf.